You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. Lots to do on this Tuesday edition. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So let's roll. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through it all. Take you up till six o'clock. Hit the headlines. Moment of inspiration. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up and running for this Tuesday morning. And, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So, of course, lots to get to. Maybe, just maybe, there's going to be a baseball season after all. I mean, after all, at this point, what could possibly go wrong? The Mets could have a new owner. A-Rod, back in the game, getting an unexpected boost. That never happens for A-Rod. Uh, you have all the NASCAR stuff yesterday with Bubba Wallace and a bunch of other stuff. So let's start with the baseball. Let's get it out of the way right off the bat because you know what? I'm just so exhausted with it as a topic, I'm not going to have the energy to do it later. So I said yesterday, this was the week, right? It seemed like by all accounts, this was the week to either get a job, get the deal done, or to uh, get off the pot. Well, yesterday we got the news that uh, MLB does plan to move ahead with a 60-game season, the latest offer from the owners was rejected by the players, but because of that clause from the March agreement, baseball did have the uh, ability to institute a season. And since they kept, didn't come to an agreement with the players, that's the way they are going to go down that road. Now, two things need to happen, and it seems like, by all accounts, that they will get the uh, the owners will get the answer at some point today. Owners want to know whether the players can report to spring training by July 1st. They also want to know if there's going to be an agreement on the health and safety protocols. Again, after all, after all this time, after all the back and forth, what could possibly go wrong? Well, I saw last night there was a trending topic on Twitter, uh, something along the lines of baseball is back. And I got to be honest, I nearly injured myself rolling my eyes. I never even bothered to see if it was a if it was a sponsored thing or if it was a bought trending topic. I, I didn't uh, I didn't even put that much effort into it. And at this stage, you know, it's kind of like I'll believe it when I see it, right? Like when they're back on the field actually playing games, I'm sure at some point I will be excited. I'll be excited for it later on, right? Like I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll be excited for it a whole lot later than that. Because let's actually see players on the field and what form this is going to take. And as I've said before, I'm a big baseball fan. I'm the sucker who will be on board. They've already got me. So at some point, I'm sure I will get sucked in. Because as I said, I'm a sucker. But after all this, I can't imagine being excited. Not at this stage. After all the back and forth. Like... I mean, are you that much of just, a, again, I said, I'm a sucker, but could you actually be that bottomless a person that after watching this back and forth for weeks on end, I think it was like 85 days since they came up with the March agreement. And in those 85 days, it feels like there hasn't been a week. It feels like there hasn't been a section where it's been 48 hours, where there hasn't been some back and forth in a negative sense between the players and owners. So can you actually go that length of time and then when they finally get an agreement, be like, well, all water under the bridge. I, 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 as much of a sucker as I am, even I 
and not that much of a sucker. So I'm sure at some point maybe I'll get excited later on, uh, but I can't imagine how anyone at this point right now could be excited after all this, mainly because they didn't get anything fixed. <laughs> it's not like they improved the situation. They never got an agreement. And the season is not really a season, right? Like 60 games is not a season. We all know this. I get it's the best you could do. Well, let me put it this way. It's the best they could do. It's the best the two sides working on it could do. It's not the best they could do, but it's the best they could do. But you'll almost get certainly going to get some players sitting out, and it certainly seems like it's just a matter of time before the players uh, file a grievance. And we can just keep going around and around and around. You can just keep choking the life out of the other guy as the boat goes over the waterfall. Again, this was supposed to be baseball's time to shine. Back by July 4th, the grand stage, all to themselves. Yet, when they had the stage to themselves, all they did was embarrass themselves at every turn. And the national pastime feels like it's just pastime. Mainly because whenever there is a little glimmer of optimism, little glimmer of hope, I find myself, mainly because I've been conditioned this way, to thinking, eh, they'll screw it up. And I'm sure that they probably will screw it up another couple of times before there is an end game, before we actually either see players on the field or the whole thing is canceled altogether. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So here's Jeff Passan yesterday on, I think it was Sports Center with uh, Scott Van Pelt, says the players are ready to report after the mandated schedule. We will report on July 1st. And yes, we will codify the health and safety protocol. And I say this with the same caveat that I have said month after month after (laughs) interminable month on this program, which is this is all subject to falling apart because this is Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association that we're dealing with here. But the number of players with whom I spoke tonight had the same refrain. It's time. This is the deal. Let's get back and actually play all right there's jeff passan did not say the clock is ticking which is always a good sign uh, how much damage has been done <laughs> how long do you got how much damage has been done after these negotiations jeff i think that if baseball were to come back amid all of those other sports and and you know it's going to be playing amid the nba playoffs and amid the start of the nfl season amid all these other things it has a very good chance of getting lost because I feel like the damage that was done here is as much to the brand in the idea of baseball as the game itself. It's as much to a lost opportunity cost. Baseball had such an incredible opportunity to really differentiate itself and come back and do things the right way. And instead, it was fighting like there was a collective bargaining agreement at stake when that's not going to be over until the end of 2021. There are a lot of things that baseball needs to fix, and it's got about a month to fix them. And the first thing that I think that needs to happen is the players need to come out and do the best job that they can of selling the game over the next month and trying to let bygones be bygones as hard as that may be, considering the treatment that they feel they received from ownership. Bygones be bygones? Is Has Jeff taken up uh, recreational drugs in the offseason? I mean, 
by baseball players never let bygones be bygones, especially when the owners are involved, even when players are involved. I mean, how many times have we seen some guy did something three years ago and now he's getting hit by a pitch because they've had this bad blood between bygones be bygones? That never happens in baseball. And, you know, he's talking about the damage done to the sport. Well, yeah. Well, considering you also you haven't fixed anything. This is just the least dirty shirt. This is just being able to get something out on the field. It's not perfect. It's not great. It's your kid all of a sudden letting you know they have the science fair tomorrow at 8 a.m. You know what I mean? The night before. That's what this is. And you got to, you know, get some clay together, figure out a way to make a volcano at the last minute. What a disaster. Then you have this, the emotional scene at Talladega yesterday. I believe this might be the first time I have ever used the word Talladega on the air. But, of course, you have Bubba Wallace, NASCAR driver, who was joined by the uh, other 39 drivers and pit crews as they marched down pit road, pushed his car to the front of the line as a way to uh, show solidarity after, of course, that noose was found in his garage stall the day before. Uh, I stand with Bubba was a trending topic on Twitter yesterday. And, look, I have not seen anything uh, new on the investigation. I admitted to you yesterday, and by the fact I'm telling you I've never used the word Talladega before, tells you I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. But from all the people who cover the sport, and just common sense would tell you, it's next to impossible for there not to be footage somewhere of whoever did that despicable, evil, unforgivable thing. I mean, you talk about evil. That is evil. And the level of security, the the lack of people ordinarily, I would think, that have access to those areas and the the, the cost involved in a, a, a car. But especially right now, you would think there's very few people who have access to those areas. And apparently the fact that NASCAR has cameras everywhere, it defies logic that that incident was not caught on camera. So the fact that we have gone you know, 24 hours or so, and there's not been any update on the investigation is a bit strange to me. But to put that aside and just to talk about what happened yesterday and the act itself that was despicable the day before. But what you saw yesterday is that, you know, when the, when that the first reports came out about the, the noose being found, you know, the words that come up are despicable, hatred, racism, uh, saddened, all those words come up. And then what you see yesterday is that it's not, it's not quite the lost situation that it feels like when the news first comes out. Because what you saw yesterday is that Bubba Wallace has the, the support of the entire sport. And whoever it is that, that committed this act is in hiding like a coward. So while there is work to do, there's still obviously work to do. There'll probably always be work to do. The scene that you got yesterday signified to me far more hope than you got the day before. And it's not really all uh, that surprising because most people are in agreement on this. And the ones that are not are the ones who, again, are hiding like a coward. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And imagine being a NASCAR driver who I'm sure has to, you know, deal with 
this perception that you're this redneck, you're, you know, this, 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 you know, racism is involved in the sport uh, and has been over time and that you are now going to get lumped in. Uh, so, yes, I'm sure that they did want to come out and support Bubba yesterday, and they did. And I thought the scene was uh, fantastic and was a powerful one at that. So uh, if you want to get in on that, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Coming up, we will get into A-Rod's bid to buy the Mets getting a boost. A-Rod getting a boost from an unlikely source. Again, that never has happened before, I'm sure. Who is going to be the next Knicks head coach? Well, apparently everyone. We have more on Jamal Adams, too. So just getting started on this Tuesday edition. But the poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it has to do with the New York Knicks. It's been a little while since we've checked in on the Knicks, right? Yesterday we did Jamal Adams. Sorry, can't go down that road again. We could have went baseball, but again, I'm exasperated. And I'm as big a baseball fan as humanly possible And I'm sick of talking about baseball, so that's not the area we're going to go with the poll question. There's not really anything that is question-worthy when it comes to the Bubba Wallace thing. To me, uh, it's not a debatable point, right? It seems like there's only one side to be on there. Uh, So we went with the Knicks. And the question is, the Knicks, the report came out yesterday, got permission to interview Jason Kidd for their head coaching job. Jason Kidd working as an assistant with the Lakers. And part of Kidd's appeal, according to one report, is he has an unbelievable connection with Giannis and Dedekupo. So which better sums up your feeling on the idea of Jason Kidd being the next Knicks head coach? Is it A, anything for Giannis? Or B, not this again. Our poll question up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer, all about uh, this report that the Knicks now also plan to interview Jason Kidd. It seems like that li- Has anybody else been contacted? I have not been contacted as of yet, but it seems like it's just a matter of time. Jason Kidd's name been put on the list. Uh, Mike Brown's name is uh, on the list. So I think that makes it 11 people so far that they plan to interview. But, you know, look, it's only, what, 5, 18 in the morning. So I'm sure by the end of the show, there'll be a couple more people that would um, be on that list. So Jason Kidd. How would you feel about Jason Kidd being the uh, Knicks coach? Well, I wouldn't feel great. I mean, Jason Kidd has, has coached a couple of locations now. He, I mean, he has not been a complete disaster uh, he has not been as bad as some of the people that the Knicks have had coaching their team. But this is a chance for a fresh start. This is Leon Rose getting to put his stamp on the team, the real first major decision, at least uh, in terms of the, the public view, uh, that he is going to get and and pick the head coach to, to see, all right, over the next couple of years, right? It's, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. You know, the idea that the Knicks are going to pick the coach and get another lottery pick and then next year they're going to be off and running and, and, and making a, a push to the playoffs is uh, not something that I'm truly expecting. And I've said before, to me, 99.99% if I had to put money on somebody, it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. It seems like the perfect, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a name coach. He's got a reputation. He's got the relationship with Leon Rose. So the fact that Jason Kidd's name has come up, is not, uh, I would like the Knicks to talk to a lot of people. I have no problem. You want to increase, you know, I'm joking around about 11 people. 
You want to make it 12, make it 13. This is the time to look around, right? Before you make your choice, make sure you're sure. So I have no problem with them turning over every rock, talking to everybody that they want to talk to, however many people that is. Now, at some point, you're going to have to make a call. You can't do this for, for forever. But right now, absolutely. Take your time. Make sure you talk to everybody you want to talk to and make the right choice. Again, don't do it quickly. Do it right. For the first time in forever, get it right. So I don't think that Jason Kidd would be number one on my list. I don't think he would be number two on my list. I don't even know. Maybe maybe he would be top five if I went through all the different names uh, of someone. But the reason why I brought it up was – According to Ian Begley of SNY, part of Kid's appeal is that he has this amazing relationship with Giannis and Dedekupo. And that that could be something that when Giannis is a free agent, oh, that could play a, a big part in getting Giannis to come to the Knicks. And look, if you could do something to get Giannis to come to the Knicks. Obviously, who if you had two buttons in front of you and you could do something that will lead to it, something that won't, Obviously, you would want Giannis, right? Ready-made superstar, one of the best players in the sport. Sure, that would obviously take the Knicks from where they are in the doldrums just year after year and bring them into immediate playoff contention, if not more than that. But haven't we been down this road before? Now, again, I'm not going to crush the Knicks, because I don't know whether or not this is a real thing that they're actually contemplating. Now they want to interview Kid, but maybe it's because they just want to interview as many people as possible. But if there's any part of them anywhere that is thinking to themselves, well, you know what? Jason Kidd has this amazing relationship with Giannis. That's going to be our in. Haven't we seen this movie before? Haven't we done this before? Why would they go down this road again? I get that Leon Rose is just here, but there have to be some people within the organization who have been here longer than that and say, no, no, we tried that already, and it failed spectacularly. Like, wasn't that the it, – it was never that David Fisdale was the best X's and O's guy or that he was the best, you know, guy who was going to institute a system or him. It was that he had the relationship with the players. He had the relationship with the star players and that that was going to be his main appeal uh, of being the head coach of the team. How'd that work out? (laughs) It didn't. So I can't imagine anybody voting on the poll question today, and it's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, having anything to vote on other than not this again, mainly because... If you strike out getting Giannis, then what the hell would you even have Jason Kidd here for? It's not like he's some amazing head coach who's done an amazing job, and he's now been in a couple of different spots, and it's not like anything has, you know, been all that amazing. So to me, this one is is clear-cut and should be clear-cut. It it looks like it is, yeah, 75 77% now saying not this again. And I, I again... I don't, the only people that I will criticize for thinking that that would be a name to go with Jason Kidd is Nick fans who feel that way. And I don't know that Nick fans do. 
I'm sure there is a portion, but it's not, I don't think, a majority of Nick fans who would want this to be the road they go down, mainly because they've been alive for more than 10 seconds. <laughs> they don't need, they don't need to see Jason Kidd and hoping upon hope that this is going to be the guy. Oh, well, he can get Giannis. Come on. Come on. You have to, at some point, build something yourself. If you ever want to attract the star free agent, ever, you have to have something lined up on your own. You have to build something on your own before you can expect to really uh, be able to attract anybody. And I don't know if you'll even be able to attract anybody even then. It's almost like when the Yankees were really, really bad in the late 80s, early 90s. Every year they'd be talking about this free agent or that free agent, and they'd have meetings with them. But the perception of the organization, it took a long time before they were able to turn around the perception of the organization, and it took, you know, showing that they were actually on the right road before anybody was willing to uh, sign on with them. And it's kind of the same situation with the Knicks. Until they can show that they're, they actually have a clue as to what they're doing, I don't think you can dip your toe into that water again, and certainly not naming the uh, head coach uh, in that direction. This is the time for Leon Rose to show the Knicks are doing business in a different way. And unfortunately, the hiring of Leon Rose is kind of the same old, same old with um, with the Knicks. But let's see if he has a different approach and, and can, uh, can, can land things in a different way. Uh, but Jason Kidd, no, that's not the road I'm going down. Uh, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Then there was the story yesterday about the Mets. And I don't know if Darren Ravel was the guy who broke the news, but he was definitely the first guy I saw with it. And the news is that Mike Rapoli is going to be joining Alex Rodriguez's bid to buy the Mets. Now, if you don't know, Mike Rapoli is the guy who created vitamin water and body armor. He sold that for, I think it was like $4 billion, and now he owns his own uh, horse racing stable. So, of course, anytime anything about the Mets being sold makes any kind of news anywhere, Met fans get excited. And I think it was Darren who described it as a dream scenario uh, of Mike Rapoli. I guess he has, you know, he knows him quite well. Well, look, if the Mets get sold, what has been pretty clear is that there are no shortage of people who are interested in buying it, right? We had the Steve Cohen bid. We had the guys who own the uh, the Devils and the 76ers apparently putting together a bid. Then you have A-Rod's bid, and that's just the ones that we know about. Do these people know, though, that baseball is not profitable? I mean, have they spoken to the Cardinals owner who, you know, baseball, you don't really make that much money. Tom Ricketts of the Cubs, same thing. You can't really make money in baseball. I mean, what are these dopey billionaires doing? What a bunch of maroons. Don't they know? You can't make money in baseball. I'm joking. Uh, of course, it would be a dream scenario if Mike Rapoli bought the Mets, mainly because it would mean someone other than the Wilpons owned the Mets. That's the dream. It really could be anybody. It could be one of Mike Rapoli's bottles of vitamin water that's running the team. And I think Met fans would feel good about it. It could be one of his his horses running the team. Nay for signing this guy or not. The problem, of course, has been, and this was the problem with Steve Cohn. Nobody is going to, nobody of that wealth is going to buy the team if the Wilpons try to dictate the terms 
of selling to team about how long they're going to stay involved. And it certainly seems like the Wilpons won't sell the team unless they can stay involved. So that's the main problem. The problem is not finding someone else to buy the Mets that will be better or more invested or better funded to run the team. The problem is getting someone who's willing to buy the team and can figure out a way to get the Wilpons no longer involved. That's the first problem. And despite Mike Rapoli being interested, that's still the problem. Can he somehow be the person who can get the Wilpons to sell the team without them being still involved? And if I were a Met fan, sure, I would want someone other than the Wilpons. But also, considering the interest, I think I would want someone other than A-Rod. Now, if it can only be A-Rod or the Wilpons, well, that's we wouldn't run that poll question because it would be a blowout. We would hit the 90 percentile, I'm pretty sure. But that does not appear to be the case. There appears to be lots of interested parties. Uh, Jeff Wilpon, I think the last time he spoke publicly, said that I think it was five or six interested parties. Who knows? If the Mets are up for sale, and, and, and it certainly seems like they are, I'm sure plenty of people, plenty of billionaires, would be interested in getting involved in Major League B- Baseball, despite the uh, comments of some of the owners that you just you can't, it, it, you're, you're scraping by, you're, you're searching the couch cushions looking for some loose change. So, yeah, it would be great if the Wilpons are willing to sell in a way where they're not involved anymore. But until somebody tells me that, whoever's name gets mentioned, Mike Rapoli, Steve Cohen, uh, the guys with the Devils, Josh Harris, and uh, whoever else, it's still kind of hard, I would think, if I were a Met fan, to get too excited about it. years ago since the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 8.4 on IMDb. I th- I don't remember exactly, but uh, got an unceremonious exit very early on, I believe, in the uh, rewatchable movie bracket. Didn't get a fair... I don't I, th- I don't think it got a fair hearing, to be quite honest. And first, you, you talk about first, uh, what, 15 minutes of that movie? You know, there's a there's an old uh, saying about in, uh, like, songwriting, don't bore us, get us to the chorus. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You, boy, you jump right in. Didn't waste any time on anything. And, you know, it's kind of a cool thing because one of the cool scenes in that movie came about as a result of a revision. So, like, back in 81, that's when that came out. I guess they were filming it maybe in 80. Uh, obviously, no green screens, right? So you had to shoot on location. And I think they were shooting Tunisia, somewhere like that, right? So they had this great shot. Look, maybe it was Greece. I'm not sure where they were shooting, but they have this great shot looking out over the city. But the problem is, <laughs> they had all these TV antennas on the buildings. I guess they didn't anticipate that, so they had to have their crew take down all these TV antennas, like hundreds of TV antennas, to get the shot that they were going to get. So they get done with that, and I think it was like the, that night. Everybody's eating, you know, they have a huge crew. Everyone comes down with food poisoning. So the next day, they're, sh- they're supposed to, they're scheduled to shoot this long action sequence, this dr- long drawn out fight scene, 
throughout the market and all the, the scene that you probably remember. So Harrison Ford is one of the people that had food poisoning. So they have to improvise because he's, you know, he's not feeling all that great. So instead of this long fight scene, they come up with this idea of the scene where Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, is running through and he comes upon the guy with the sword, right? He's swinging the sword around from side to side. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to, you know, attack him with his sword. And Indiana Jones pulls out his gun and shoots him. That was not in the original script. That was just a revision because Harrison Ford was basically barfing his guts up, and they uh, they wanted to shoot something that day. So Indiana Jones, 39 years ago, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Tuesday morning. Our poll question up on Twitter about Jason Kidd and uh, his appeal, his connection with Giannis. And is that, is that a road you want to see the Knicks go down or uh, – Anything for Giannis is one option. The other is uh, not this again. So you can vote on the poll question. Uh, it's up on uh, Twitter. At Gordon Damer. And at least so far, at last check, it was about 80% of uh, fans. No, not this again. And mainly because, look, when the Knicks, whoever they hire, they have to come to a decision where the person who they give the job to has to be someone who is going to be here and have some level of success for the long haul. This person has to be the head coach for the next three, four, five years. And it can't be the type of thing where you're constantly debate. You know, it's one thing to be the coach in year three, but clearly be on the hot seat. By year three, this person should be having the team in a far better situation than they're in right now. And it's great that Jason Kidd might have this amazing relationship with Giannis. I can't bank the job on that. Especially, I need somebody who's going to be able to install a system, who's going to be able to get the most out of players, who's going to be able to to oversee their development of, of, of any pieces that you have right now that are going to be here long term. And I don't think that there's all that many. And to me, that that, that person is not Jason Kidd. Uh, and he has been, uh, you know, other places he was in Brooklyn for, what was it, a year or two? I think it was just one year, right? And then he got out, and then he went to Milwaukee for three or four years. And it's not like there was ever a time where uh, he had his team, you know, super huge, deep playoff runs. So, no, Jason Kidd would not be. Now, I've, I've said as well, Tom Thibodeau would not be the, the guy either because I just think that he's a much more win-now guy and uh, someone who won't have a win-now team. So that would not be my direction either. But that's not the question. We've already done that question before. All right. Speaking of questions, Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on the K show yesterday and was uh, asked a couple of questions, obviously, about the pandemic and, uh, you know, how is this going to uh, impact baseball? I guess the one that um, we'll start with, Brian, are you optimistic about a vaccine by the end of 2020, here's Michael asking that question. Would you also say that it's likely or unlikely that there is a, an effective vaccine before the end of this year? I say that it is likely that we will know the results of a vaccine, and I'm cautiously optimistic that it would be a vaccine that, deg- that, degree, that, that provides some degree of efficacy and is safe. I would say by the end of the year, by the very beginning of 2021. All right. So that, I mean, that's about as positive a news as you can get. And that, I, I think it's pretty clear. That's what we need, right? Like, uh, the idea that people are going to alter their behavior, that, that, that ship has already sailed. 
to a good portion of the po- of the public of the population. So, uh, which sport concerns you the most, Doctor? The sport that has the most contact, which in this case is football, is something you need to pay attention to and figure out how you can get players to play a season safe and in what particular circumstance. And that's really going to depend in many respects on the status of the outbreak at the time that that season is being played. So, I mean, I have have a concern about the health of everyone, and I certainly am a sports lover, and I want a concern about the health of the players. So, I mean, if the specific answer to your question, those sports in which there is the most contact and depending upon the status of the outbreak. Okay, uh, what's the risk for Major League Baseball by playing into October or even later? If, in fact, and I hope we don't, if you have a substantial outbreak, so-called a second wave in the fall, overall, the danger and the risk of penetrating through the shield that you're trying to put around this when you go becomes greater. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play in October. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a World Series. And the reason I get perplexed about it is because when it gets taken out of context, it's saying, well, he doesn't think that there should be a season in which you can have a World Series in October. I never said that. That is for the league and the players to decide, not for me. The only thing I can tell you is that the risk, if you have a second wave in the fall and winter, is greater than you would have if you have a low level in the summer. That's all I said. Mm -hmm. I said nothing about having a World Series or not. All right, and then uh, obviously we've seen some numbers in Florida jumping up lately. Florida is where the NBA is going to have their uh, restarted season. So how concerning is that spike for the NBA? It's always a concern when you have an outbreak of the magnitude that we've seen in Florida. Technically speaking, if you abide strictly by the bubble that has been proposed as the mechanism of avoiding any issues with infection, that should not make that much difference. But the only thing is, You bubble the players, but when you're in an area where there's so much infection going on, you know, the players would have some kind of interaction with outside people. Somebody has to take care of them. People need to serve the meals and things like Mm -hmm. that. I know that there's a good degree of safety around that because I've heard of the plans, and I've even publicly said that they sound like they're really good and well thought out and have been essentially planned to be implemented with a good degree of of care. But certainly you would rather have it in a place where there is not a lot of activity. Hopefully the Florida situation can get under control pretty quickly, but it certainly is concerning what is going on in Florida right now. All right, so there's Dr. Anthony Fauci on the case show yesterday. Hey, if you have a small business trying to get the word out, you're still serving the community, let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses reach out. We're sharing their messages. Send an email, 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, 987ESPN at gmail.com. Like Fresh Twist, located at 10 New Dorp Lane, Staten Island, New York. They're a juice bar and cafe restaurant delivering through DoorDash and Grubhub. They also do pickup. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number coming up. We will get uh, some of your phone calls involved. You know what? Let's squeeze one in here before the break, Brian. Uh, We'll go to Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordo. I feel like some normalcy is back. You, Brian, and Debbie all back together again. I love it. Now, I don't know if if, the, if we're the people that you're looking for normalcy. I, I got uh, news for you, Sal. It's uh, not not a good news there, my friend. Uh, you know, you know, I I fell in love with baseball in 1964 when I was eight years old, 
And it was hard for me to go on Father's Day to my sister's house and try to explain to my 10-year-old great-nephew why we don't have baseball yet. I mean, he loves baseball. He's more like, like an old soul, this kid. And I had no answers for him. I just said, you know, they, they, these people are so stupid. They could have had the stage for themselves July 4th, you know, open up baseball. Everyone would have been on board. Even if COVID comes back, and unfortunately if it comes back and they have to close the season down again, at least they, they tried. They made an effort. You know, I would, I would have loved to have seen that, but they're, they're just killing everything here. Yeah, well, look, I, if, if if the COVID situation changes and they can't play, I, I look, baseball gets unfairly criticized sometimes. Uh, and if people were to crush them over that, I think that that would be an unfair criticism. The problem, Sal, is that baseball shoots themselves in the foot uh, so often that they don't have any toes left. I mean, they just have embarrassed themselves at every turn, and this was supposed to be their time to shine. And instead, they're now going to be, even if they do get, you know, let's see, let's see them actually on the field before we get uh, too uh, excited. But, yeah. you know, they, they have had the opportunity here and now they're going to be lumped in with everything else, assuming that they even get on the field. Cause I, I'm not ready to say that just yet until I actually see people in spring training sites or training and a real hard date set of, okay, opening day is going to be this. Uh, it's, it's one of those situations that I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, I was talking to Brian. Uh, you read Sports Illustrated at all? I do from time to time. I do not get a subscription anymore, though. Okay. The, the, this issue that came out with Babe Ruth on the cover is a great story. It's like a little short story that Tom Verducci wrote about baseball, comparing it. Some guy talking about, uh, he's talking about the pandemic in the third person of 1918, comparing okay, it to how... Spanish Babe flu, Ruth, right? Right. How uh, Babe Ruth came up. And the pandemic of 1918 and World War I going on all at the same time, comparing to how the situation is going on now through this person's eyes who was born like in the late 1890s. And it's a really, really interesting read if you have, if you want to pick it up. It's, it's really, yeah, I, I'll really... definitely take a look. Look, I'm always, uh, Sal, thanks for the call. I'm always looking for stuff right now, right? I mean, uh, there's not any sports on TV, so we kind of fill our void with whatever we can get our hands on. So, uh, yeah, I'll take a look at it. Brother, just keep being you. Show the world why you're the best free safety in the game. You deserve everything coming your way. I'm, I'm going to miss balling with you the most. Believe that. Love you forever, brother. Well, that's a tweet that was sent out yesterday by Jamal Adams in um, reference to um, Marcus May, the other Jets safety, who apparently will be still with the Jets. Uh, had sent out talking about uh, how much uh, fake love he's now getting because of everything going on with Jamal Adams. And it's interesting because Adams is, uh, you know, talking in the past tense that as almost as if he's already been traded, which maybe in Jamal's mind he has, but that has not actually happened. And we got the report yesterday that uh, it's not going to happen, that the Jets don't have any intentions still of uh, trading Jamal Adams. And it, while th there were some initial reports, they were kind of getting tired of his act. It doesn't seem like they have decided to change their approach in terms of wanting to sign him to a long-term deal, but not ready to do that, at, certainly not at this point, given the uncertainty surrounding the season. And they certainly don't seem like they're interested in doing that after year three of his contract. Now, maybe if there is a year four, right, if, if this year gets off as scheduled or roughly as scheduled and you get into the course of this year, I think that there it's very possible that the Jets sign him to a deal at, at some point during the year, or certainly after the year is over, reward him before his fifth-year option. 
But uh, Jamal continues to make it seem like he's holding the cards. He's not holding the cards. He's, in fact, not holding any cards. And he can stomp his feet and he can hold his breath like a, like a five-year-old throwing a temper tantrum on Twitter or Instagram or anything else, maybe on TikTok. Maybe he can get on the old TikTok and start, uh, you know, holding his breath there too. But no, I mean, the situation has not changed in any way. So maybe uh, he'll run into someone else that he can say that he's actually playing for the Dallas Cowboys already. I don't know. But uh, it just shows you that uh, Jamal is is uh, not uh, – he's a very unreasonable person. And uh, this is just the, the way he has handled this situation and, and turned off a good portion of the Jet fan base in the process. A guy who you'd have to say – look, I would think that before this whole thing happened that Sam Darnold is clearly – the golden child, right? Like, he can do no wrong. Uh, but shortly behind him, in terms of favorite Jet players, it was pretty clearly, if not he was not already number one, he was certainly 1B in Jamal Adams. And it feels like he has turned off a good portion of the fan base, basically by saying that he wants off the team. And that's really what this is about. I think that more so than wanting the contract, he wants off the team. You can't say... You just It's just about getting a contract when you're willing to go someplace else and not demand a contract right away. I think the bigger issue is he, he wants off the team. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776 is the phone number in case you're just getting up on this Tuesday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York, among the topics we have been uh, discussing this morning, baseball is apparently working towards getting an agreement. Yesterday was uh, the day that uh, it seems like Major League Baseball, well, the players, they voted on the uh, proposal from the owners, turned that down. So now it seems like baseball is planning to move ahead with the 60-game season without the agreement of the players. The two things that need to happen next and should happen at some point today, owners want to know if the players can report to spring training by July 1st. And they also want to know if there is an agreement on the health and safety protocols, as I said in the open, after all, what could possibly go wrong? And I said that, that there was a trending topic last night that baseball is back. And I nearly injured myself rolling my eyes. Because at this point, A, I will believe it when I see it. And B, I get it. I'm a sucker. I'm a sports sucker. Whatever sport it is that I'm into. And right now, I'll take just about anything. But how big of a sucker do you have to be to find yourself being excited after the two sides have basically, you know, kicked at each other and punched at each other. And finally, now there's going to be this forced arrangement that will at least, it seems like, maybe get the sport actually back on the field, which would be great. But it's not, I mean, it's not really a season. You know, 60 games is not really a season. If the NFL came to an agreement, you know what, we're only going to be able to basically play five or six games this year. Would that be really considered a season? I mean, you'll take it. Because you got nothing else and you love it. But to have excitement right now after the way these two sides have embarrassed themselves at every turn, uh, you know, I'm a sucker. I'll eventually probably get excited and I'll get sucked in, but it's not right now. It's going to take, it's going to take a little bit more time before I'm ready to turn the page on that. The second thing was A-Rod's bid, uh, to, uh, by the Mets apparently is getting a boost from Mike Rapoli, who is the guy who, uh, created vitamin water. And it seems like that uh, they have now moved to try to, you know, kind of push themselves to the forefront if uh, the Mets do get sold. But 
and it's been described as Mike Rapoli, he would be perfect, right? But, of course, yeah, anybody would be perfect, I think, in the eyes of Met fans, other than the Wilpons. But the prob- the first problem is still the main problem, is that whoever it's going to be, Steve Cohen, he had his issues with it already, and it seems like he's kind of still lying in the weeds if the team does get sold. Nobody's going to buy the team if the Wilpons try to stay involved. Nobody's going to pay that amount of money and allow the Wilpons to still be running the show. And it certainly seems like the Wilpons aren't going to sell to anybody unless they can still be running the show. So until you get that worked out, it's not an issue of finding somebody who's willing to buy the Mets. We've seen that repeatedly, that there's plenty of people willing to buy the Mets. It's whether or not they can buy the Mets and actually get to run the Mets the way they want to completely. And speaking of long list of names, uh, you can add Jason Kidd to the uh, amount of people that the Knicks are going to interview for their head coaching job. And that is the poll question today. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer is, uh, you know, because of his relationship with Giannis. I mean, it almost feels like <laughs> it's almost hard to keep a straight face when you say that. And uh, at least so far, I don't know if it's all Nick fans, but a good portion of Nick fans are like, no, we can't, we can't do this again. Please don't do this to us again. Don't make us defend this decision by you again, please. And at least so far, most of them are not uh, buying into it, but still early. Plenty of time for the poll question to change. Uh, but it's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. All right. Uh, let's get some more phone calls involved because we're quickly running out of time. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my friend? Good morning. I had a rough day yesterday on the radio with a couple of calls. I kind of lost it. No, not, I mean, politely. I just I got so angry over everything over the weekend. You know, sometimes it just gets under my skin. I'm sure it goes under yours, state of the world. But today I'm back on hollowed ground. Why don't the Knicks interview Herb Williams again? No, I mean, listen, he has a great record as an interim coach. What a joke, Jason Kidd. Not in a hundred years, my friend. Not in a hundred years. And as far as baseball goes, I'll see it when I believe it. I, I, I just don't believe it. I, I don't think they'll finish if they start. I think, where are they going to play in Florida? No, they're going to play in their home stadiums. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's Yeah, they're going to play in their home stadiums. There's not going to be any fans in the stands, but uh, yeah, at least I mean, that's the plan to start. Sure. How many do you have? Eight teams in the, in the areas where COVID's going up the most? Anyway, yeah. Listen. Well, I mean, you're not going to if the if the goal is to eliminate it as a threat, then you can't have any sports anywhere. That's right? I mean, I like yeah. even even the bubble idea. I mean, you know, that might be in more trouble now because I, it's the one location and it happens to be the location where the, the numbers are climbing the most. All you got to do, Gordon, is look at college football and you know that once this starts, it, it's not going to be completed. I feel really bad about not having sports, but if they start, I'll be a sucker like you. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. All right, Spike. Yeah, I mean, uh, college football, that's, uh, just by the, the numbers of people that are involved, right? That's why the sports that are back right now are the ones that are best set up to be back right now, right? NASCAR, uh, the golf, even tennis, they've gotten hit with it as well. You'd think that the individual sports would probably be better served, but, you know, the, the, as you get into the team sports, be it the NBA at the end of next month or the, or baseball at the end of next month, if, if the, th- if it is to eliminate the threat altogether, well, then you can't do anything anywhere. Uh, but it's, it's pretty clear at this point. A good portion of the population, especially where money is involved, it's about doing the best you can given the tough situation, and that's what uh, Major League Baseball. We'll see. We'll see if we get some kind of deal today. That's going to do it for us. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Gordon Damer. We're back tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.